Hi everyone and welcome to the Rossi's Live Life Well podcast, episode number five. I'm Liam Killington and I'm joined as ever by Sophia Pell. Soph, how are you doing? How are you doing, Liam? Hello, uh, good to be here again. Nice to see you. I'm really good. I hope you're well. I'm very well, thank you. How's your week been? Yes, busy. Uh, it was Monday now, isn't it, today while we're recording this. So uh, busy weekend and uh, cracking on with, uh, with another busy week and enjoying a bit of the weather as well. Weather's got good, hasn't it? Yeah, it's really, really nice again. Nice today. Mm. Yeah, I've been so lucky. So, so lucky. It's about one of the only pluses in all of this, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the first time ever. Half-term week in May and the, and the week looks amazing. I know. Nothing's open. You can't go and do anything. It's like you can sit in your garden. <laughs> you can sit in your garden, absolutely. Yeah. We shall certainly be making the most of that. Mm. Cool. A big thank you to everyone who listened last week. Um, so last week's podcast to do with sleep if you haven't had a listen to that yet go back and and have a listen it was a good one just me and Soph we had a really good chat about sleep yeah um yeah and I think some really good tips in there particularly if you are struggling at the moment Mm. um with with your sleep go and have a listen um something a little bit different this week um we're going to do a bit of a member catch-up we're joined by a member this week um so it'd be really good to to find out what he's up to so we'd like to introduce you to David Leeper David, how are we doing? Hi. Hi, Sophie. Hi, Liam. I'm fine, thanks. Hi. Good to have you with us. Yeah, good to be here. Thank you. I was so tempted to introduce you as Dua Lipa. <laughs> That's my cousin. <laughs> Dua Lipa's my cousin. <laughs> joined by Dua Lipa. <laughs> I just, I didn't know if people would know who Dua Lipa was, so I thought I better not, I better not well, use that one. Well, the listeners' laughter won't be audible, so we'll just have to wait and see what the feedback is on yeah, that, we, Liam. <laughs> Stunned silence, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. So, David, how are things with you? How's your, how's your lockdown been? Yeah, l- lockdown's been interesting. I think we've, we've all had our own version of lockdown, haven't we? So um, my, my version of lockdown has been quite tense. Um, I have still been at work. Um, so I, for those that don't know me from, from Rossi's, I, I'm a nurse. I work for the NHS. Um, I work at North Walsham Hospital and initially my first three weeks of lockdown I was at home working from home because I work in management and I was fortunate enough to be able to base myself at home but then since the first three weeks were over I've been back in the throes of it up at North Walsham Hospital. So you've really been on the front line of a lot of things then? Mostly I mean I I don't deliver frontline patient care anymore I'm fortunate enough that I work in management that I'm I'm Mm. supporting staff that do but nonetheless it's been absolutely manic hectic really busy Mm. that's just as stressful managing people to do that as well yeah I think so and giving everybody the time that they need for their headspace and talking through their worries and their angst and concerns everything is taking a lot longer than it did pre-COVID-19 yeah, absolutely. And and what have your staffing levels been like? Have you had people who have been affected by the virus who have been off? And yeah, we have. we have. We have. We did initially have quite a few staff go off with when the government first talked through their, their isolation measures and their distancing. And, you know, if, if you've been exposed to anybody, you, you need to stay at home for 14 days. We had a bit of a, a hit with that with our staff group, but that seemed to settle after a few weeks. And now we are only really seeing people that have got symptoms who have gone off and had a swab and and possibly possibly tested positive sometimes not um so yeah it's, it seems to be leveling out a bit now for the staff 
I guess that's one of the differences now, isn't it? it tests are more readily available. So if you, if you are showing symptoms, you can, you can be tested. And I don't quite know how long it takes for you to get the result of that test. But I guess you know, you can, if you haven't got it, you can sort of stay fairly normal, which is a big bonus. Yeah. So in the, in the NHS, you, you, you can have a test within the first 24 to 48 hours of sh- showing symptoms. We can be um, having tests arranged by our employer and they get the results normally within 24, 48 hours. So if you are uh, negative, you can return to work quite quickly after you're, you know, it's probably just a head cold if, if you are negative. Um, so as soon as you're feeling better, you can be back at work rather than having to wait the seven or sometimes longer days. Yeah, that, 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 that must make a massive difference. If you've got someone that's got to isolate for 14 days and they might not even have it, mm. um, for them to kind of be back and, and on the front line again within you know, potentially 48, 72 hours. That's a, that's a huge difference, isn't it? A lot better than how... Sorry, go on. I was going to say, and, and most of our staff are delivering care to patients in the community who, you know, have had, could have, may have COVID-19 as they go in to see them. So there's always that constant exposure risk for all of our staff. Yeah, and how are they feeling about that, the sort of the people on the front line? Are they, do they feel vulnerable or do they feel okay? Or yeah, they are vulnerable. They do feel um, vulnerable and we've got really good like screening measures in place for our patients that we do see. So we know those patients that we have to take extra precautions with and those that we can just take the standard precautions that everybody would be taking and those patients that we, we, we know are positive and we have to follow strict infection control measures with. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a difficult time really, isn't it? At least things feel like, I think things are starting to feel like they're getting a little bit better now, like we're getting towards the end of it, which is really, really good. Yeah, I, yeah, I think some, we are. Somewhere close, hopefully, yeah. Hmm. Be, I think we're prob- you know, it's pro- probably right for us to say now, David, you know, you've mentioned you work in the NHS. I think we probably need to say a big thank you to everybody that, that you know, that's done done the, the best that they, that they could do, you know, working in the NHS. You know, it's difficult for for everybody really who are exposed to it so i think we probably need to say a big thank you to everybody um, including yourself david yeah thank you i think i think it's really important to say the nhs gets a lot of spotlight with thanks clap clap for the nhs you know on a thursday i think it's really important to say that it's wider than the nhs it's all key workers you know everybody right from the postman to the milkman to the people in the checkouts at the supermarkets Mm. um everyone's really pulled together and I think sometimes they they get forgotten about even taxi drivers people that are still ferrying people up to the hospital for appointments um you know it's it's a real combined effort yeah absolutely and it must be you know it must be difficult for all those people that have you know still been still been fighting it really and, and helping everybody else out um but they've announced today that non-essential shops can open from the 15th of june so hopefully you know we've turned the corner things are improving i know there was only today which is the monday the 25th of may um there was only 121 deaths today i know there's probably a, a bit of a lag from the weekend and bank holiday but you know that's a massive shift from what we what where we were a month to six weeks ago so it really is you know it's positive it really is positive that, that things are moving in the right direction yeah that's right so david is a member it's a member spotlight you're a rossi's member um what are the things you've particularly missed about the club since we've been closed 
I've missed everything about it. Um, anything, anything. Have, yeah. <laughs> so for, for me, yeah, Liam, be, be actually being at the club is something that I've missed. So seeing other members and, you know, members of the team, not just the, the fitness team, but all of the, the team. I'm, I'm quite a sociable chap. I like to have a chat with most staff. In fact, probably all staff at Rossi's I'll talk to when I visit. Um, so I, I've missed, it's my time, the gym. You know, in my world, the gym is the only thing I do on my own. So I've, I've missed being at the gym. I've also missed the motivation to, to exercise and keep going with my exercise regime. Um, I normally have personal training. So I've, I've, I've certainly missed the, the goals that I set through personal training, which is something that I haven't been able to replicate on my own. And I think the main one for me that I'm, I'm missing about being at the club is the impact on having the exercise regime on my physical and my mental health. So by not regularly attending the gym, I'm certainly not exercising as much as I was when I had my full membership and mm. was attending. So I think I've, I've certainly noticed a real dip on my, my physical and my mental health. So um, I'm, I'm diabetic, I'm on insulin. And one of my biggest goals at the gym is not actually about um, the, the physical changes that regular exercise will bring. So looking lean and, and getting your muscle tone and everything. For me, it's about maintaining good blood sugar uh, readings and uh, the, the mental health benefits of regular exercise so for me my goals have always been about how I feel rather than how I look so so important you're right and I think it is a very different um, way to try and motivate yourself when you're not actually going to a place when you're at home where you do all your normal things to try and motivate yourself there it's completely different it works really well for some people but like yourself if you're really sociable and you like that interaction with other people and to actually see someone face to face trying to get that same effect at home is really really difficult so I don't think you're alone there no I think the social side of things is one of the things that I've missed the most as well oh, so. um you know so if you think about the amount of people we speak to on a daily basis yeah, exactly you know suddenly you're speaking to what you know maybe three four people at the most it's, it's such a big shift yeah um yeah it's, it's it's quite difficult and and the thing i've found is if i've been out shopping and i've bumped into somebody that i know you stand there talking you know for quite a while because yeah. it's almost like there's so much <laughs> to say and it's so nice to speak to somebody else yeah. Um, but I think kind of going back to what you said, David, you know, if you, you are a sociable person and if you sort of look for that social element, it makes it a little bit easier to go to the gym because, you, you know, you're almost going for a social when you haven't got that social element and you've got to try and exercise just yourself. Mm. Um, I think it does make it that little bit harder, certainly. I'm certainly yeah, sick of the sound of my own voice talking to myself <laughs> while I do the classes online. So I talk to myself to, in a screen most of the time. And that is a. Uh, yeah, that, that can be a little bit weird. <laughs> I, I think also for you, Sophie, it's, it's knowing though that you're providing that support to so many other people who are either going on live or, or joining the classes in the library at the end of the sessions. You know, that's whilst you're struggling a bit with seeing yourself and hearing yourself. Yeah. You know, that versus nobody having any support at all. You know, it's, it's a real benefit. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I do. I really appreciate that. And I, no, I love doing it. I do get sick of my own voice and my own face though <laughs> but I do really enjoy it and it, it does keep that connection and after you've done a class you'll we get people comment and say hi and um, give their suggestions and stuff and say whether they like music and that and uh, so yeah that's that makes it all worthwhile even though it can be a little bit weird. So David um, you mentioned 
sort of a little bit about your motivations um, there. Obviously, you were training. You had a few a few events lined up this year. Um, obviously, we had only the Brave, which was cancelled. Um, myself and you did the the, the Coltishall Jaguars Mad March Hair, which seems like a lifetime ago now. And obviously, does, you were going to do some of their other series, um, which have also been cancelled. Um, how have you been maintaining motivation? You know, we, when that element's taken away as well, it's tricky, isn't it? I think, I think to be honest, and, and one thing I am doing at the moment is being honest with myself, is I haven't got motivation at the moment. Um, so when those events were all cancelled, initially I was quite disappointed and um, said, well, I'll keep, I'll keep my fitness up, I'll keep my running regime up. I was running not too bad a 10K time for, for me. I, I'd run my best on the Mad March Hair one. Um, but now it, it's kind of getting back into the swing things, knowing that, you know, there is an end in sight. We, we're, we're hearing positive news from the government every day and the likelihood is that things will start to progress and, and there will be events in the future, probably towards the end of this year, I'm quite sure, that mm. I'd like to do. And, and getting that motivation back is, is just day by day and, and bit by bit. So at the moment, my, my regime is completely out of the window and I'm replacing running with walking so today for example I had to go to a local shop which I knew was a mile and a half away from from the home and I walked instead of popping into the car because I thought well that's my exercise that round trip of three miles is is my exercise for the day um I just need to pick up the cardio a bit now and and get out there and plod on the pavements a bit more you said you're being completely honest I'm going to be completely honest as well um I've been exactly the same um I absolutely love the bike. Obviously, I teach a lot of spin at Rossi's. Um, so I haven't had a problem getting out on the bike. Cycling's been, been quite easy. But running, I said the same thing. The events were cancelled. Um, I should have done the marathon last weekend. Um, I said exactly the same thing. I'm going to keep my running up. Um, but without any events there, there's almost no reason for me to run. I don't, I'm not a natural runner. It's not something I would say I particularly enjoy so I almost have to have that end goal there to to aim for it so I've been a little bit like you really but I think me and Soph spoke about it um a few podcasts ago um people have just got to do what works for them Mm. it doesn't necessarily yeah you don't necessarily need to stress yourself about something um you know you say you've done your walk today that's that's great you know you've got your exercise in and, and and really that's all that matters it's just what works for people in this situation I think I think so. And I think it's also about not being too hard to yourself. If, if, yeah. if you're not achieving what you used to achieve pre lockdown, you know, obviously I haven't got the gym facilities at home. So naturally I'm not going to be doing everything I was doing when I was going to the club, but I think it's just about being kind to yourself. If you achieve it one day, fantastic. If you don't, well, yeah, there's always tomorrow. So it's just being kind. No, yeah, absolutely. absolutely right. Yeah, totally. Sometimes we do, me and Liam do little uh, Q and A's in the Facebook live group that we took, talked about, and you popped your head in there as well. Has have you found the group helpful to your mental health, your well being? Has it been nice to kind of pop in there and say hi? Yes, certainly. I mean, when I've been able to, because obviously being being at work at the hospital, my shift times sometimes clash with the Q and A sessions. But I've been I've been able to take part a couple of times, sat sat in the car park before a shift. And when, when I do, it does help. I think it just reminds me that I'm not the only person going through, through, through this and that we're, we're all going through our own version of what, that, what lockdown means. 
I think it can feel like my world's closing in when, when I'm isolating or distancing from everybody. So the, mm. the live Q and A's have just helped bring some perspective. And also it's, it's good to have a bit of banter, you know, we definitely into it and see if you can make everybody laugh, you know, wait for the connection to duck out and then try and oh. wind, wind Sophie up by telling her a microphone's not working when it is. Um, I, yeah. So it's, it's good for things say, like that. When, whenever you see David Leeper pop up on a Q&A, you know you're about to get some abuse or banter. Get roasted, yeah. It's funny because we, yeah, we do have some technical issues. We haven't actually done one of those for a little while because we keep like failing with the tech. It keeps failing. It's one way or the other. I think Facebook Live is being updated and changing so much. It, it, everything, there can be little tweaks on it here and there and it can change from one day to the next as to what's going to work and what's not going to work. But it's quite funny seeing me sitting there talking to myself, waiting for Liam to come back on. He's commenting trying to get back on and everyone's just taking the mickey but it makes everyone laugh it makes everyone smile so yeah, if that's I, all if I that's think, all we achieve that's fine i think we had that a couple of weeks ago didn't we yes yeah, we can you do a comment do a comment and and i was commenting and everybody could see my comments apart from, <laughs> apart from you i think so. yeah i don't know what happened there it was very strange <laughs> i didn't enjoy yeah. those five minutes but there you go I'm sure no they, they they are helpful even <laughs> if it's just for you know a quick 15 minutes of everybody to to say what's going on in their day today yeah. and, and just catching up generally. Yeah, it's nice to know there's people outside of kind mm. of your little circle that you're in at the moment, isn't it? Exactly. David, I've got a question for you. I didn't script this question either. Didn't send it to you. That's okay, go for it. We talk about TV all the time. What have you been watching during lockdown? Oh, what have I been watching? Um, now, this could take a long time, so I'll keep it as brief <laughs> as I can. I've been watching Kill, Killing Eve, Series 3. Message to the listeners, don't bother. Um, oh. <laughs> Gangs of London. Oh. Gangs of London on Sky. Um, watched all of that. That was really good. Um, really enjoyed that, but a bit bloody and a bit gory. So if you don't like that sort of thing. I'm, I'm going to jump in there. I've been watching that as well. I've got one episode to go. Um, and everybody said to me that it was that it was brutal. It just gets worse as the season goes does. on, doesn't it? I it haven't does. seen that. I haven't seen that. It and is... It's, it's a funny one. It's I I've really enjoyed it. It's almost a little bit predictable and unnecessarily brutal at times, but I've actually really enjoyed it bizarrely. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a good good um, mini series to watch. I, I I think it will probably come back again. To be to be fair, um, so that's that's the other one. And then we've been watching some old school um, programs. So me and my other half, we've been watching Shameless. I don't know if you can remember Shameless. Oh, I love Shameless. Is that, the UK? That. The, is UK that the UK? The UK version. One? Uh, I yeah. liked. Have you seen the American one as well? We haven't got into that. Um, I, it took us a few episodes because it was the same but completely different. But once you kind of get over the fact they're not exactly the same characters and the story's slightly askewed, uh, it gets really, really good. So I would give it another chance. But I love the British Shameless. Really, really good. Really yeah, good. So an, an old one, but a good one. And um, I think the next thing to watch, just to round it off, is. Um, Afterlife with Ricky Gervais. Oh yeah, have you watched, watched, have you watched any of it? Not watched any of it yet. Oh, I've watched, I've it's, watched both it's series. really good. It's re it is really good. Yeah, I'm watching series two at the moment. Um, me and Mark are watching um, The Last Kingdom, so it's a nice bit of Viking drama going on. That's quite amusing. That's quite an easy watch. And what's have I watched? Dead to Me and Working Moms. Love that. Nice bit of light-hearted dark comedy. <laughs> Especially Dead to Me. That's worth a watch. 
Do you know, I'm not really a TV person, but it's actually been really nice to just get into a few different series and, and watch it. You know, you've, we've got all got a little bit more time and it's just nice to sit down and, yeah. and, and watch some of these things. Um, yeah, general, Afterlife, general I really enjoyed. Yeah. I think you need it, don't you? Don't you? you know, at the moment, it's, yeah, just to sort of switch your brain off. We're getting exactly. COVID updates left, right and centre, so it's quite nice to just focus on something else for a little while. I think if you don't get your teeth into some fiction, you end up just watching the news or scrolling through social media. Social media is doing my head in at the moment because it's mm. getting so political. I mean, bring back Brexit, do you know what I mean? <laughs> bring back that argument because that was nicer than what's going on at the moment. And yeah, just everyone just feels a bit edgy and a bit judgy. And I'm like, oh, so if you can just get your head into fiction, whether that's a book or you know a film or whatever, or, or a really good series. I love watching a series that I want to binge watch. Really, really love it. I hate when it finishes though, and I hate it when it leaves you in a cliffhanger, and <laughs> you think the next episode is going to start on Netflix or whatever, and it doesn't. It, it goes recommended for you, and you're like, "What the hell? Why is why is that finished? I can't live without that series in my life." Is <laughs> that it? There must there must be another episode. Sorry, David. Carry on. If yeah. you, I was going to say, if, if you invest hours and hours, and then the end episode comes on, and you think, "Really? Was that was that the ending? Is that? Oh, I, hate I was that. expecting far much more than that." So yeah. <laughs> I hate a disappointing ending. <laughs> <laughs> so, David, from a personal point of view, what are the positives to come out of lockdown for you? So, for, for we, me... We spend so much time focusing on the negatives, don't we? Yeah, I think course, it's nice course. to look at the positives. I think, for me, one of the positives, certainly with, with the, my mental health, that I, I, I do suffer quite um, extensively with mental health issues. So... For me, coming out of lockdown, coming out of this COVID situation, acknowledging that I'm going to be kinder towards myself, to my physical and my mental health, not having those um, obsessions that I had in the past and just being kinder and, you know, relaxing the expectations that I have of myself. I think that's really positive to know that I haven't got to be as fixated on outcomes and and how much I've done in a week. The fact that I've done anything is going to be the focus now. I think mm -hmm. another another positive is the importance of friends and family. So when we can socialise again, not taking it for granted and certainly enjoying the moment more. I, I was one in the past to say to my other half, oh no, I don't want to go at the weekend, let's cancel. Or do we really have to go? If we go, can we leave at 10 o'clock so I can get home on time? Actually, just enjoy the moment. It's We, we haven't had that for so many months now that we should be able to really reap the benefits of seeing our loved ones. And I think from a work perspective, calming things down at work for the key workers you know who've been flat out absolutely run ragged throughout this crisis and being able to support them to just take a breath take some annual leave recharge their batteries and and try to get back to some kind of normality definitely oh that's really lovely david yeah it really is it really is you say that the sort of coming out of lockdown how is it sort of now for kind of the nhs is the pressure is now starting to ease you you seeing things get a little bit easier david um to be honest not yet but it's not as manic as it was those first few weeks so mm. those first few weeks we we really had to adapt really quickly to the change in situation and we were being updated several times a day of different ways to work to make sure patients were safe make sure we were following the government guidance so those first three or four weeks it was really tense and I think now we've just 
got more used to it so we've got used to what we have to do for these patients and and how we can keep people safe it hasn't got any easier just yet but i'm sure it will um and i think the staff as, as they get more confident with what they're doing and how they're looking after people it, it just becomes the new normal for people so um hopefully the you know the, the numbers of, of new infections are, are dropping every day so hopefully we'll get to a point where um we'll we'll be able to calm down and hopefully not have this second wave as as you know impact as badly as, as they first predicted it would i think you speak about this sort of the early days really and i, I know when we did that race was it that was it the 16th of march we did that yeah, it was about then. It was about a week before we got put into lockdown. It was the last weekend before, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember speaking to you. And obviously we, we said at the time, I, I don't think I entered until the night before. Um, and I said, I want to get this one in because we're not going to, we're certainly not going to pick up any medals for a, for a few months anyway. Um, but I remember saying to you, you know, how are things? And you said, yeah, you know, we're sort of preparing for stuff. And I think we were a little bit the same. And, and suddenly that week, mm. everything just moved so fast it really um, did everything changed so so quickly the world was suddenly yeah. turned upside down for everyone overnight it was so yeah. fast and everyone just went whoa what is happening this can't be real it's like some weird nightmare that no one could wake up from everything and it was almost so after strange. that first that first week or two that we were able to then think and look back and think well what did we do and how did we do it we're, we're ne hopefully not going to have to go through this again in our lifetimes but it was useful to be able to look back when things did start to settle a little bit to say, well, you know, if it does get worse on the second wave, what can we do differently? How mm -hmm. can we change mm -hmm. things? Um, we're certainly more responsive than we ever have been at the moment to, to changing situations. So that, that can only be a positive to come out of, out of all this awful situation we're in. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've got to try and find the positives in, in it wherever you can. Haven't you? One other thing I've got to mention there's, you work in the NHS and you can't exercise and then you move house right in the middle of it as well. One of the well, most stressful know, events you can have. Let's <laughs> just let's just push my, my um, mental health to its complete limits. Um, so yeah, it was about a month before we, we really started to hear about coronavirus that we, we put the house on the market and we sold within three weeks, which was just really unpredicted and, and quite a shock. And then we decided to continue with the house purchase throughout. So we, we actually exchanged and completed a week ago. So this last week we've been moving house and um, I've taken some time off from work and, and just tried to get back to whatever normality is when you, you move house in the middle of a lockdown. So I don't recommend it to anybody. It's not <laughs> oh, the best thing you. for anybody's health, um, certainly not their mental health. And just make sure whatever your poison is, whether it's alcohol, chocolate, or exercise, I better say that one, I suppose. <laughs> get loads of it in spades because that's the only way to get through. Yeah, moving house is really stressful Any, yeah, for anyone in a normal, if I, then they say that moving house is the most stressful thing that you ever do on top of even divorce or anything like that or having a baby, moving house is the most stressful thing. I haven't done it for, how long have you been here? 14 years nearly. Still haven't finished the house, but we've been here 14 years. Um, and that was with a baby as well. I don't know how, I don't remember it, it's a blur. But to do it during lockdown, uh, during 2020 COVID-19, the year of 
I don't know how to describe 2020. I don't think I really need to. Everyone knows what I'm thinking. Everyone's thinking the same thing. But yeah, moving through that. Wow, that's brave, David. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's certainly not something I'd like to do again. I'm, no. I'm quite sure of that. And um, I will be honest, it has had a massive impact onto my well-being. Um, it's not been the right time to do it. And, and mentally, I've had to take time away from work because the, the mental health really was affected. But looking positively, it's over now. You know, I can look forwards now. I've not got any cardboard boxes left in the garage, which is lovely. Um, and I can go back to work tomorrow and really focus on my role and actually me as well. So getting myself well physically again. I hope you can really look after yourself once this yeah. is over and, and I, get really, really well. And I, I think you have to, don't you? Because ultimately you can't look after a team of staff you know, if you're not, if you're not well yourself. So I think that's so important to, to really look after yourself. Um, yeah. And, and the fact that you're moved in, David, makes, makes life a whole, uh, just a little bit less stressful, I guess. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and I, I think there's also a stigma around like people admitting that they need to take time away from, from the world. And, you know, for me, that was a real challenge initially, you know, working in management in the NHS through a crisis situation to say, put my hands up, I need a week off, please, because I'm not coping. That was a real decision to make. And that was a, a tough mm. one to make, but so important to do it uh, earlier on rather than needing to take significant amount of time off when you haven't acknowledged you're, you're not coping so well. So it's a real investment to get yourself back on track, really. I think you're right. And I think a lot of people will tough it out, soldier on, keep going, you'll be fine. And actually you get to that point where suddenly you're not fine anymore. And rather than, as you say, have a week off, that's when you have one month off, three months off, six months off, because you just get yourself into such a bad position. It's then a real fight to get back, isn't it? And I think sometimes you've, you've got to identify that actually you need a, you need a bit of time. Um, your mental health is, is just as important, if not more important than you know, your actual physical health. Yeah, I like what you've just said there, Liam, to um, having a niggle, say a knee niggle or something when you're going running and you think, oh, it'll yeah. go away, it'll go away. And you ignore it, ignore it. Whereas if you've got help at that point where it's a niggle, it's a lot easier to manage than if you let it build and then suddenly, you know, you're really, really injured and you need months of physiotherapy. So it's exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. But exactly yeah, that. More important. Yeah, absolutely. I've run out of questions, so if you've got any questions. <laughs> well, I just think it's really lovely to chat to you, David, and I'm yeah, really, really helping your, your <laughs> I really hope that you're feeling better soon. And I know you've been an absolute soldier through all this and the stress of moving just must have been horrible as well. Um, so, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us and telling us about how things are going. We really like seeing you pop up on the Q&As because you do bring the laughter and bring the banter and you do make us smile. And hopefully we may make everyone else smile with our Lauren <laughs> and Hardy act that we've got going on here. <laughs> so, no, I don't think I've got any other questions, but yeah, I just really appreciate you being here. Yeah, I massively appreciate you coming on, David. It's really good to chat. And uh, one thing that did make me smile, actually, I, I saw it from you at one point, your hair, you had real lockdown hair. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I had absolute lockdown hair. So I decided to do a few social media updates, one, one a week from about the third week in. So I, I had a haircut. This is so vain, isn't it? I had a haircut <laughs> about a month before lockdown started. So I, I missed the boat of a haircut just before lockdown. And I thought, I'm going to grow it. I'm, I've decided I'm going to grow my hair right through lockdown and come out of the other side of lockdown whenever that is with this complete hippie look 
<laughs> and I, I got to about two weeks a week ago and I couldn't cope with it anymore. So I, I then missed the boat for buying hair clippers from any like Argos <laughs> or any, any other shop. So I was desperately looking for a set of hair clippers and managed to find a, a, a set uh, last week and, and took to the bathroom and did my own, what I'm calling a COVID cut. And um, <laughs> it's not come out too bad. I have got a massive bald patch around the back of one of my ears. Don't but, worry, mate, um, I've got one of those as well. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fashion statement. It's a, it's a scar for having to cut your own hair. So, yeah, one thing I'm, uh, you know, from a completely vain perspective, I'm quite looking forward to the, the hairdressers opening again so I can go in and have them laugh at me for my really poor efforts of maintaining my own hairstyle. Well, well, we can see you on video and it looks like you've done a pretty good job, if I'm honest. Yeah, it's not, yeah, too, it looks it's pretty not good. too bad. It's not too bad. But yeah, I've I got... mean, if the only thing you have to worry about is your haircut, then then it can't be too bad, really, can it? No, <laughs> no, this is it. Absolutely. And I've got to say it's one of the real, real plus points of cutting your own hair that I've got. That I've been accustomed to for quite a while now. So <laughs> I've not had these lockdown haircut issues, fortunately. But it's quite funny. You look around and... Uh, it more so now that we're we're sort of ten weeks in. There's some really dodgy haircuts out there. Some people yeah. have done some. Re- I saw someone today and he literally just cut the sides and it just looked. <laughs> it looked awful. So again, so it's one a- of it's one of those things that we don't realise how much we rely on hairdressers and barbers and yeah. you know no. if you've got a beard, the people that style your beard for you. It's it's something that we won't take for granted again. I'm quite sure. No, I think I we're going to appreciate thing. more things like that. Yeah, I, go on. The, the, the problem people are going to have, they're not going to be able to get in. There's going to be such demand for it. There's going to be like a six-month waiting list to get to the, oh, to my the family, My family have already been booked in with our hairdresser. She's already booked us in for, what is it, the 4th of July or whatever date in July that they're saying potentially. that they, So, uh, yeah, we've already sorted that because, yeah, Mark's sporting something that's going like this. He's got very, very, very thick, very curly hair, and it's just growing outwards like a like a white afro. It's ridiculous. I've got long uh, hair I, now, so it's just getting longer, and I can just ignore it. <laughs> I did the same thing as David. I thought it'd be a really good idea to try and grow some facial hair at the start of lockdown, and I lasted about <laughs> three weeks. I like your goatee. I enjoy seeing that on Zoom. <laughs> um, I had to get rid of it. It just got so irritating. I kept like pulling it and i think oh, with the hot weather as well I, d- I didn't realize just how hot your head of hair can make you if it's a bit longer than usual so yeah. with the hot weather as well I've, I, that's another reason why why my insomnia has been mental and you know since i've cut my, my hair off it's quite short now i've slept so much better it's ridiculous well there goes a tip for you people <laughs> short Can't hair sleep cut your hair off <laughs> cut your hair off i recommend it that's why I've never had any problems sleeping, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, David, it's been brilliant to chat. Thank you for coming on. Um, we really wanted to sort of catch up with, you know, with, with some of our members. And um, I thought it'd be really sort of apt for you to come on and, and have a chat and we sort of find out how, how it is in the NHS at the moment. And, and thank you for sort of spending your time to come on and, and speak to me and Soph. It's been really, really good. Yeah, no problem. And thank you for inviting me on to the podcast i'd just like to extend my thanks to all of my colleagues if any of them do listen to this those those key workers that are out there on yeah, the front line you know actually seeing these patients and looking after people it's easy for me sitting in my office to look after the staff but they're doing a phenomenal job so thanks to anybody i know there are some of my colleagues that are members of the club and doing some of sophie's classes regularly so well done guys i think you're doing a great job 
Yeah, and we absolutely echo that. You know, big thanks to everybody that's that's on the front line and doing such a such a fantastic job, and will continue to do such a fantastic job as well. One hundred percent. Wow, that's amazing! Thanks very much, David. Really good to chat to you. Uh, thanks yeah, for joining let's, me, Soph, as well. Let's hope <laughs> that always. we um, let's hope that we see you soon in the in the club. Let's let's hope for good news in July, maybe from the government. Yeah, fingers crossed. There's no official word on that yet. But this starts. There seems to be a few whispers that Leisure might they look might look at it for July. Um, obviously, as with any of these announcements, we've just got to watch, you know, yeah. watch Boris, watch his updates. But um, yeah, that would be awesome if we could could get back in July. Fingers crossed, everyone. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks very much, David. Thanks, Soph. Yeah, um, thank you, we'll David. Thank you, Liam. Thank you. We'll catch everybody else on the next pod. Okay, see you soon, everyone. Bye. Cheers, guys. See you later. Bye.